When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to the summer series of Popcorn and Compliance. Yes, Tom and Jay Rosen are back to look at the season three of The Mandalorian. All the things you would expect from Tom and Jay in a Popcorn and Compliance episode are with us in this series. Each episode, we'll look at the storyline Tom and Jay will discuss some of the highlights for them. I know you'll enjoy this special season of Popcorn and Compliance, The Mandalorian. If you're a fan of Star Wars or The Mandalorian, Jay and I would love to hear from you on your thoughts on this special podcast series. Today we take up Episode 7, Spies. I hope if you enjoy this podcast, you will subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. We begin as Moff Gideon is informed by Ilya Kane that the Mandalorians intend to retake their planet. Gideon relays this information to the Shadow Council, a group of Imperial Remnant warlords. He requests reinforcements from Commandant Hux and questions Captain Pelion on the absence of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Reassembling on Navarro, Bo-Katan unites the Mandalorian clans and prepares a recon party to explore the surface of Mandalore and locate the Great Forge. Before leaving, Grief Karga presents Din Jardin with IG-12, a rebuilt version of IG-11, which is to be controlled by Grogu. On Mandalore, the group meets with another surviving clan who is loyal to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan admits that she surrendered to Gideon shortly after the Night of a Thousand Tears, hoping her people would be spared from further harm. The party finds the Great Forge, but is ambushed by Beskar-enhanced stormtroopers. Darjin is captured by the Beskar-clad Moff Gideon, who reveals his intent to complete the great purge of Mandalore. He attempts to kill the search party, but Bo-Katan uses the Darksaber to escape for the group. Paz Vizsla stays behind to buy time, but is killed by Gideon's Praetorian guards. Jay, we talked about the pirates being an episode that was action-packed. And we got action in this episode, and my sense is as we move towards the finale, we're going to get more action, but I really enjoyed this episode. A lot of reveals, even some new information that perhaps uh, people who are, pay more attention to details than us had seen and foreshadowing, but I didn't see. What were your initial thoughts? This is my favorite part about the whole eight episodes that we've been talking about. And we know in the past that there was a droid sheriff named IG-11. And later on in an episode where 
Din Djarin is in a bar with Grogu, and Grogu looks up and sees the little decapitated head of IG-11, and basically Din Djarin gets the head and brings it out, and then they speak to the people there, the Carl Weathers character, and he has IG-11 reassembled. But IG-11's now IG-12, and it's more of like an exoskeleton that somebody could go in and drive. And Tom, what are those little repair guys called? They're not the Jawas, they're something else, but they march the thing out. And then basically Carl Weathers takes Grogu and puts him inside the exoskeleton. And then all of a sudden we learn the two most annoying names or words that we're going to hear for the next episode and a half is no, no, yes, 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 no, yes, no. Basically, this is... If you've had kids or twins like I have, and kids always repeat the same thing and do it, I could just see myself being on a galactic road trip with Groku and him going, yes, no. So that's my favorite part. And I, I, I hope you guys got as much comedy out of it, but I just loved it. That may be specific to life in Chez Rosen these days, or at least as it was. But I really liked, Jay, the way the episode started. Mm -hmm. Because we saw Ilya Kane, who we have met previously. We had thought she had been re rehabilitated, or at least she played a character who had been rehabilitated from the Empire into the New Republic. Turns out she's not been re rehabilitated. She's at least a spy, and she maybe be a double agent. I'm not clear on that yet. But we see her communicating to Moff Gideon around his plans because she wants to communicate to him that the Mandalorians intend to retake planet Mandalore. Then we get to meet the Shadow Council, who are a group of Imperial warlords, or at least remnants of the Empire warlords. And we hear on the absence of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and spoiler alert, that that is a name we will hear when Ahsoka appears on your screen. So Admiral Thrawn is not present, but he is uh, someone who is very highly spoken of amongst this group of remnant warlords from uh, the old empire. And uh, they have a, a council, and they decide that the Mandalorians cannot get their planet back because it would... Um, definitely disrupt their plans. We don't know exactly why yet, but that will be explained very shortly as well. So I thought the whole conspiracy with uh, the Empire and the former admirals or generals or warlords, whatever they may be now, I thought that was uh, pretty cool. And of course, it was all done virtually. So Zoom in uh, whatever time this is exists. It's just a, a whole different experience. So th this is the beginning of the, the wrap-up here with this huge battle. And I, I believe it's very, I guess, important to the development of the characters when Bo-Katan talks about the Night of a Thousand Tears. And was that ever shown, or is that just an incident that's referred to in the lore? Just an incident. I don't think uh, we've ever seen that either in a dream sequence. Maybe in a dream sequence, but we didn't know what it was. But Bo-Katan admitting what she had done 
trying to save her people and how Moff Gideon had double-crossed her and literally destroyed the planet of Mandalore. It was pretty powerful. It also really spoke, I thought, Jay, of her growth to be able to admit it, but the acceptance of her people that she had made this mistake, if it was a mistake, and how they were going to go forward together really under her leadership. Uh, you have, what was I going to say? Basically, you've got that bit where they're talking about the purge. Um, does Din Djarin start with his droid and start to unlock those tumblers, or is that the last episode? I think that's the last episode, Jay. But we do get to Mandalore. We do find the Great Forge, and we find some very interesting Imperial stormtroopers that led to a great battle scene that I really enjoyed. But these stormtroopers were not the the cross-eyed idiots from the first trilogy who couldn't sit at the broadside of her barn at 30 paces. These guys were pretty badass. And they fought the Mandalorians. They captured Din Djarin. And things are not looking good for our heroes. Thank God you and I know this is only episode seven and not episode eight. And we believe that there'll be a comeback, but things are looking grim for the home team here. Who's the big guy who's got the huge gun that just, he's got like a billion rounds and he kills everybody. Who is that guy? I love them. I loved him. Yeah. So that was cats or something close to that, but Mm -hmm. he is not a fan of Bo-Katan. And indeed he does not want her to be head of clan Mandalore or the planet. But he basically makes a personal last stand, shows great courage, and understands his role as sacrifice. I was a little disheartened when Dan got captured. Like I said, since mm-hmm. I suspected there was another episode. I thought he might escape. It was a good cliffhanger. It was clear that this was part one of a two-part ending. So we have to put our heroes in peril and following the ball screenwriters. We must put our heroes in jeopardy so they can escape and do great things. Well, I was going to say, also, when you're watching a a movie like uh, Seven or something, that the partner is always going to get killed in the first couple of minutes. So I was very confused when the guy who had the big gun, they spent so much time on him. And I'm having this internal dialogue with myself saying, if he was going to die, they would have killed him already. But he's living. Is he going to make it? Is he going to get through? And then he didn't. So I was, they got me there. They played with my emotions. Jay, I think this is the episode we learn of the experiments which lead to the stormtroopers. And we now see why the Mandalorians returning to the planet Mandalore would disrupt the plans of the Shadow Council because. Moff Gideon had used the planet Mandalore to rebuild a new army of clones, basically. I must say my history of the Clone War is somewhat sketchy, so I can't really point to too much from that history. But if the Empire can recreate their clone army, they will be in a very strong position to overthrow the new republics. That to me was the significance of why Moff Gideon and indeed the entire Shadow Council did not want 
the Mandalorians to retake their homeworld of the planet Man. Can you give me some insight into the tech involved with the new TIE fighters? They, they look totally cool, but were they manned or are they unmanned? I couldn't figure out. They were just like popping off this conveyor belt and looking very cool. I thought they were manned. I didn't I really thought I hadn't really thought that they now had uh, driverless TIE fighters. Maybe <laughs> Elon Musk is there in a different role, more military focused than civilian focused. But it's near San Francisco, so maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe final thoughts on setting us up for the final episode. Are we, from a screenwriter's perspective, are where we need to be as audience members, Jay? Absolutely, and we're gonna. We're going to get to the end and everybody's going to get something for going to see the wizard. All right. I hope our listeners will join us for our final episode in the Mandalorian season three, the return, which we will take up next week. I am Tom Fox. And I'm Jay Rosen. Thanks for joining us. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of popcorn and compliance where in this special season, we're looking at The Mandalorian Season 3. Popcorn and Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever great podcasts are listened to. If Jay and I would love to hear from you, if you have any comments, questions, or information you would like to share with us about your feelings, views, on The Mandalorian Season 3. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that you will join us again for our next episode of Popcorn and Compliance, The Mandalorian Season 3. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.